Well, it's not by coincidence that the title today's message is Receiving from God. And I believe that God wants to bless you with his spirit. I believe that his presence is here and that he wants to pour into your life in a new way. So I hope you've come ready to receive from him, ready to encounter his love and his grace. So as we read God's word today, we always stand in honor of reading God's word because the Bible is what we base everything we do on. It's what we base our faith on. So let's stand in honor of reading God's word. And so if you would make your way to Acts 3, we will read the first 10 verses. It starts like this. You'll see it on the screen as well. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried into the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Then Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. I bet he did. (laughs) When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, you've probably never been stuck at the gate to the temple having to beg for money, but you know what it's like to face desperate circumstances. A problem so big that it consumes your life and you can't get away from it. You're always thinking about it and you've tried everything you can do to take care of this problem, yet it's still there. And the only other option left is God. And so in a panic, you come to him in prayer, which is a good thing, but you start pleading with God and begging God. And sometimes when we're unsure of how God will respond, we start asking or telling God exactly what he needs to do, telling him how he needs to fix our problem. Lord, I need you to do this thing. And we know what we want and we start working God, trying to get him to give us what we think we need. Well, that's begging, which leads to our first thought today. To receive from God, you've got to stop begging. Keep asking, but stop begging. You, when you're facing challenging things in life, maybe you have some pretty serious health issues in your life or someone you love or you care about very much is sick and the doctors are scratching their heads. They don't know what to do. Or maybe you have a financial issue. It's you don't know how in the world things are ever gonna get turned right side up. Or maybe there's a relationship in your life that seems like atomic and it's just blowing up right in your face. There's nothing you can do to help fix that. And then you come to God like a beggar, pleading for help. And we do that sometimes just trying to get God's attention. Have you ever felt ignored by God before? It's like, hello, God. This is Glenn Muncie, Indiana. Remember me? (laughs) Well, see, that feeling that we have is not correct. Sometimes when God doesn't meet our expectations, we think he's forgotten about us. But nothing could be further from the truth. And see, we don't want to beg because when you need someone's help and you don't trust them and you have to have their help, you resort to begging. 
But when there's someone in your life who loves you very much and cares very much about you, you know they're in your court, you don't fall on your knees and beg them. You just kindly ask them for their help and you know they'll give it. And so this man, he didn't trust Peter and John because he didn't have a relationship with them. He just saw them as a possible source of money. Now for a minute, let's just put uh, ourselves in this man's shoes, which is metaphorical because he doesn't have any shoes. The guy can't even walk. So put yourself in his circumstances. He ekes out in existence based upon the generosity of others. He can't walk. He can't work. He can't provide for himself. He can't even take himself to the bathroom. And when you and I walk up and look at this man, we know what his problem is. His problem is that he can't walk. It's obvious to us, but he doesn't necessarily see it that way. He knows that he can't walk, but his immediate need, he needs money. He's thinking, I've got to eat. I don't want to have to sleep right here, so I've got to have some money to provide a place for me to live. And so for him, he can't get past that immediate need right in front of his face. You see, this man, he's been begging his whole life, and he knows how it works. And so when Peter and John came up to him, he, they didn't do this action where they reached back. Well, they didn't have jeans then, so he probably reached into his cloak to pull out his purse. He, he knew that motion, and that motion didn't happen. And so immediately, he moved on to the next person in line to ask them for money. He wouldn't wait. He wasn't patient at all. Even though they were standing right in front of him, looking at him, he had moved on. So my question to you is, are you willing to wait for God? Now, this man didn't have to wait so long, but are we so impatient with God that we move on to the next solution or the next idea or the next possible help that we can have for our circumstances? If you trust God, you will wait. And when you trust God, you realize that even though your circumstances are hard, that he is supremely concerned with everything in your life. You see, God, he operates on a different schedule than we do. He has his own time frame, his own way of doing things. And you might think that God is ignoring you, but that's, that's not true. He is paying attention, I promise. He does care. See, the difference between begging and asking is trust. Because the less you trust, the more you have to beg. You see, the reason that begging doesn't honor God is because it doesn't honor your relationship with him. God wants us to ask. He wants you to ask. He wants you to pray, but he also wants you to trust. I remember sometimes in my life when I've come to God like a beggar in an unhealthy way. And one specific time, it was in regards to a person I cared about very much, and they were making like the worst life decisions possible. In the back of my mind, I just kind of stuck, shoved it back there. I knew they weren't ready to respond to God. And God obviously knew that they weren't ready. But to me, that was just unacceptable. And so I began to demand God, God, you must speak to them. You must draw them to yourself. You must pour yourself into their lives. So my prayers were great. They were really good, but they were offered with the wrong spirit. They were offered with the spirit of begging, like me trying to manipulate God to do what I wanted him to do. And then I thought, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm going to pray scripture. And let me tell you, friends, that is an awesome, awesome thing to do. It's an awesome thing to pray scripture. And I thought, well, if I pray scripture, I'm going to remind God of his promises and then he's going to come through. Maybe you've heard that statement before, but think about it. Do we really need to remind God of his faithfulness? 
Do we really need to remind God of his promises? You see, when we pray scripture, we need to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness. We remind ourselves of God's goodness and his mercy and his power and his love. And so mark my words, the God of the universe is on your side. He is in your court and he wants what's best for you. So no more begging. If you insist on begging, you just might miss something amazing that God wants to give you. I mean, let me state the obvious. This man almost passed up a miracle for some spare change. (laughs) And so when you pray, let me challenge you to pray with open hands, letting God answer your prayers however he sees fit. And our second thought today is this, to receive everything God has for you, you've got to pay attention. It's shocking how clueless this beggar was about what what was going to happen right in front of him. I mean, this guy almost missed his own miracle. Do you think it's almost comical that Peter and John, they had a clue what was going on? He, He had moved on, they're standing right in front of him, they had to say, hey, look at us, look at us. I mean, you can imagine like a cartoon, like somebody shaking, shaking, you know, blah, 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 you know, look at us, come on, we're here to help you. God wants to do something in your life. And think of the amazing irony of this moment. This lame beggar never got what he was asking for. He didn't ask to be healed. He just asked for some money. But what God gave him was so much greater. When you're in a crisis, it's difficult to pay attention to Jesus. And you know that to be true because that problem is right in front of your face all the time. And it takes work to focus your eyes on your Savior and on Jesus. I mean, how many times have you and I allowed our problems, our worries, and our fears to take our focus off of Christ? Think of it this way. If you're paying more attention to your problem than you are to God, then you've got a problem that's bigger than your problem. That worked a lot better at 9 o'clock. Anyway. I do want you to see this. This is, comes from Hebrews 12 too. And I love this statement. There's this challenge to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. There's a little play on words in English that I really like. You know, if you have to fix your eyes on Jesus, then something's broken. <laughs> you need to keep your eyes fixed on him. And the, the illusion here with this word, what this word comes from is finding a landmark when you're traveling so that you can focus on that landmark so that you don't get lost. So you keep heading in the right direction. And I think Les Stroud from the show Survivor Man can help us understand what it means to fix our eyes on Jesus. And here's how Survivor Man, the show works. Les is plopped in the middle of the wilderness with just one or two minor survival tools and all of his camera gear. And he has to survive for seven to 10 days. And I get to watch him do that sitting in my recliner with a pillow behind my head and a drink in my hand, you know? What better way to learn about survival than that? Well, one show I was watching and he was in the middle of a forest and it was raining and cloudy and he was pretty pretty miserable. And he was talking about the importance of keeping the correct direction so that you don't walk in circles or veer off in the wrong direction. He said, you have to find a landmark. And he was looking for one, he said, I know, I see just through the break in the trees, there's a mountain there. And he turned the camera and in the midst of that, the drops of rain fell on the lens cover to the camera. And when he showed us the mountain, all we saw were these drops. Everything else was blurred out. Because I'm a camera geek, I know how Les fixed the problem. He reached over and pressed this little button on the lens, infinite focus. 
And then immediately the mountain became perfectly clear. And those drops of water blurred. You could still see them, but you, you could literally see through them. Now, wouldn't it be great if we could reach up into our brains, into our spirits and press a little button that would force us to focus on our infinite God who's so much bigger than our problems and our issues. Because no matter how hard it's raining, God is guiding you. No matter how bad things are, he is with you. And when you fix your eyes on Jesus, you won't lose your focus. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, you won't get lost. When you fix your eyes on him, you will know where to go and what to do. Because our savior is bigger than your problem. He's bigger than that mountain. He's bigger than our world and everything in it. And our big God wants to help you in a big way. So don't dismiss him. Don't blow him off by obsessing on your problems. Receive what God has for you. Pay attention. Keep your eyes on him. And as we receive from God, it's very important. I want you to see this third point. It's very important to look at life with an eternal perspective. Because when you look at this man, his miracle was temporal. I mean, the greatest miracles are the miracles that last forever. There's two miracles that happened in this passage. The first one's obvious. This man could not walk, and now he can. The second miracle that happened is that this man, he was saved. He was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and he was set free, evidenced by running into the temple, jumping and praising God. And we tend to think that supernatural physical healing, as wonderful and as glorious as it is, is an end unto itself. But see, miracles like physical healing and even financial provision, they're almost always connected to eternal miracles like salvation, spiritual freedom, and emotional healing. In fact, as I think through the Bible, I can't find one example of God doing a miracle just for the sake of doing a miracle. So don't get me wrong. God looks at your life. He looks at your circumstances with compassion that we just can't comprehend. He cares very much about what you're going through and how you feel. But God cares supremely more about your spiritual condition. He wants to know where your heart is. He wants to help you grow in your faith. So trust him with everything that you are and realize that in the moment, God, he is with you. And force yourself to look at your circumstances with eternal perspective. Because when you think about it, every physical miracle, it's temporary. Now, I don't know for sure, but I'm just guessing, I'll, I'll bet you some money that this man's legs worked till the day he died. You know, when God heals you, he does it right. <laughs> and so my hunch is that he could walk till the day he died, but there was a time when his heart stopped beating and those legs quit moving, but he was still jumping and praising God in heaven. And so that, that is looking at life with an eternal perspective. And so open your heart to everything that God has for you, not just the solution to your problem, because today God wants to touch your life. Now, in all honesty, when I started preparing for this message, I was intent on preaching a message on Pentecost, you know, when the Holy Spirit came. And as, as I was reading, I was reading through Acts 3, and I came upon this phrase that Peter spoke to this man. And he said these words, what I have, I give to you, walk. And I saw us in this moment, and I saw Jesus saying those words to you and to me. What I have, 
I give you. Rise up and walk. So expect to encounter God today. The transforming power of God is here and we wanna maximize what he's doing in our life. And when you receive from God, it demands a response. What if this man who is healed and he stood up and says, wow, I can walk. I think I'm getting tired. I'm gonna sit back down. And he just sat back down and didn't move again. Well, his legs would have lost the ability to move even though God had healed him. And so we don't want to negate the work of God. And so when God fills us with his spirit, when he does something in our lives, we want to run into his presence. We want to run to worship him and run to thank him. Now note that this man, he didn't run to his family. He didn't run to thank the people who had been toting him back and forth from where he slept every day. He ran right into the presence of God Almighty, praising and worshiping him. And so today, in Jesus' name, you can follow his example and run into the very presence of God. You can thank him for what he's done. You can run free from your pain. You can run free from your fear. You can run to him regardless of what you've done. And then you can run to declare the goodness and the love of God to everyone that you know. Because God wants to fill you with his spirit. His hand is reaching out to you right now. His presence is coming. And when you receive from God, you don't want to keep it inside. You don't want to keep it to yourself because you'll miss the amazing blessing that comes from giving away what God has given you. Check out these words on the screen. It says this, and you've heard it before. The more you give, the more you can receive. In other words, your blessing gets bigger when you bless others. Jesus even told the disciples before they were to be filled with the Spirit. He, said, he told them to go wait. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will be my witnesses. And so with the filling of the Spirit comes this challenge, this power, this inspiration to give it away. And as we give it away, the power of God is multiplied in us. So not only do you run to God in praise, you run to share his love with others. You run to serve, you run to bless, you run to care. And the blessing of God grows the more you share it. And he wants to empower you to do things you never thought you could do. He wants to use you to show the world how amazing he is. Look at this man's life. This miracle was so much bigger than healing his legs. Because of this miracle, hundreds, possibly even 2,000 people responded to the good news of Jesus Christ. And the effect of it was so potent, was so changing in the culture of Jerusalem that Peter and John were arrested twice and they were grilled. That's what happened just because one man chose to give away what God had given him. And I know you guys got it down. <laughs> I mean, as your pastor, I've watched you serve Jesus. I've watched you bless him. I've watched you give. I've watched you give of your time and your energy. And so I know I'm, quote, preaching to the choir to some degree. But I'm just stating a fact that you're part of a church that is running after God. We know that we can't keep it in. We have to share his good news with everyone that we can. That's why we do what we do with Community Service Day. Serve is coming right around the corner. And not only that, you know, we've been investing our lives in the people of Kazakhstan for over a decade. And we've seen amazing fruit from our work there. We're also partnering with people in India and also places that we can't even talk about because there's so much scrutiny 
And there's so much persecution going on there. We can't even mention it to you. But we're not just concerned with the people on the other side of the world or the poor. We're also concerned with the people that we encounter every day. That's why we are adding a third Sunday service on August 16th. August 15th on Saturday, we're gonna have our Saturday service at 5.30 at the same time. But on August 16th, we're gonna have our first Sunday worship service at 8.45 in the sanctuary. And then we found that between 10 and noon, that's the time when most people wanna come to church. In fact, most people who don't go to church, if they're going to go to church, they're going to come in that 10 to to noon timeframe. Now I know it's a holiday weekend, there's plenty of seats, but that's not gonna be the case when summer ends and school starts back up. That's not gonna be the case when the big push happens. And we need to make room for the people of God. We've seen people walk in this building who we didn't know and be intimidated about finding a seat and turn around and walk out. That's unacceptable. That can't happen here. We've got to make room for people to experience the power of God. And I know that God's asking you to respond. People have already called the church offering ways, hey, how can I help? I wanna be a part of what God is doing in this. I know that that's your impulse as well. Now, for some of you running after God, you're gonna chase down Cassie Lachine, our children's pastor. You're gonna say, Cassie, I know that there's people who need to experience God's love and I wanna help bless their kids while they come experience Jesus. Now, maybe some of you have never helped as an usher or a greeter and you know that, hey, we need a smiling face. We need help finding a place to sit. And just as a side note, you know, our campus could not possibly be any more confusing, could it? I mean, we need ushers and greeters. Every time I go from this building to the other building, I feel like I need to find a piece of cheese like I'm a mouse running through a maze. Now, maybe that kind of in front of people thing isn't yours. You're more of a behind the scenes kind of person. Well, we can hook you up. We've got, we've got some great opportunities in the cafe and the coffee bar. Or if you're a geek like me, I can hook you up with our tech teams. So some great opportunities to express God's love and be a part of spreading the love of Jesus throughout our city. And I know you're ready to give. I know you're ready to serve. And I know you're ready to bless. But before you do that, Jesus wants you to receive from him. Are you ready to open up your heart to him? I believe he's going to touch you today in a profound way. I wanna invite the worship team to come up. And as they do, um, I want us to think outside the box a little bit. If you look at your watch, you know that Glenn's way ahead of schedule and that is, that is very much on purpose because I believe that in our prayer time that we're gonna encounter God in some really significant ways. And we're gonna start just like this passage of scripture started with a healing. I believe that God wants to send healing this morning. And I'm not gonna call anybody up. I'm not gonna ask anybody to come forward or uh, say anything or tell me what your disease is or your sickness or none of that. But if you would just raise your hand just wherever you're seated. If, if you're sick or if you would like to receive healing for something or if someone that you love needs healing, just raise your hand. I'm just gonna have some people stretch their arms towards you. Yeah, it's, a, it's okay. It's, this, is, this is safe, I promise, I promise. And so as you, as you see those people with their hands raised, we're gonna be praying for healing to happen. So would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord Jesus, just like this man was miraculously healed, we ask right now that you would heal sickness and disease 
all over our church and in our families. Come, power of God. What doctors have not been able to do, we ask that you would do. We ask that cancer would disappear, evaporate, and go away. We, pay, we pray that pain right now, pain in people's backs and arms and joints and bodies, we, pray that, we ask that pain would dissipate right now. God, we ask that, that muscles would be made new. We pray for organs to regenerate. We ask that, that hearts that have been beating poorly would begin to beat with supernatural strength. We ask that lungs that have not been functioning, that they would function like they're supposed to. We ask that neurological disorders like stroke and brain injuries and seizures would be wiped away in Jesus' name. Lord, as we pray, thank you that these symptoms are dissipating. Come, power of God. As we are healed, we will bring glory and praise to your name. So Lord, sicknesses in this room, be gone in Jesus' name. Rise up, power of God. Come, energy of God. Send your renewing strength. And as we have our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe, maybe you need the greatest healing of all, and that's salvation. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus. I'm asking everybody to keep their eyes closed, but if that's you, if you need to give your life to Christ, would you just raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. That's so good. And I know it's hard to raise your hand sometimes. And so... Just pray this prayer in your heart. As I pray, you can repeat after me in your mind. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay for my sins. Thank you for loving me so much that you gave your life for me. Because of this gift, I give my life to you, Jesus all of my problems, all of my sins, all of my failures, I lay them at your feet. And I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. I receive your strength and your courage and your hope right now. And just like this man we've been talking about today, I choose to run after you with all that I am. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, church, look up at me. This last part of the prayer is for everybody. It's a prayer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a prayer to receive everything that God has for you. So let's just receive that together. Would you bow your heads with me one last time? So God, I know that there are probably people who came in today holding on to just the kite string of life. There are people who came in today hopeless and wondering what was going to happen in their lives. And we all need a fresh touch from you, God. So Lord, we ask for your wind to blow. We ask for your fire to fall. We thank you that you're breaking addictions in our lives. Lord, so many of us, we struggle with addictions to food and we lay that at your feet. We receive the power of your Holy Spirit inside of us. Thank you that you're breaking addiction to drugs and alcohol and sex and pornography. Thank you that in Jesus' name, we are free. So Lord, let your wind blow in our lives, blow away depression. And Lord, we just lay the temptation to take our own lives on the altar of Jesus Christ. And in its place, we receive hope, we receive life, we receive your joy. We speak healing to broken marriages. 
We speak peace between parents and children. We reject bitterness and resentment in Jesus' name and receive the power to forgive. But most of all, Jesus, fill us with a passion for you that overshadows everything else in our lives. May we be filled with you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your hope. Thank you for your peace. And together, we run to you. We tell you that you are the Lord of all. We magnify you with every fiber of our being and we trust you. We bless you. We place our lives in your hands. And let your light shine through us so that all of Muncie and the entire world will know that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen.